This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Michael Friedman is a composer of shows on and off Broadway. Right now, he's traveling around the country covering the presidential campaign in his own very distinctive way. Friedman is visiting big primary states, interviewing people about what's on their minds, and making songs from those interviews. So it's sort of a campaign art project. Friedman was in Texas recently, and he was particularly interested to talk with immigrants about the rhetoric of the campaign. The New Yorker's Sarah Larson is following Friedman's progress. Hello, Michael. Hi, Sarah. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. So the song that we're going to listen to today, this is based on an interview you did in Texas. Yes, at a barbecue joint in Dallas, Texas, uh, in Oak Cliff, with uh, this amazing guy, Ramiro. He's one of the Dreamers, which is the group of Mm -hmm. sort of undocumented activists. He's 30, and so he's 30 years undocumented. My story echoes the, the story of many immigrants. I was separated from my mother for 20 years because she stayed in Mexico as a nurse, while my dad stayed as an undocumented construction worker. At the age of 13, my dad got deported. Again, I was living only with him, so I know what it feels like to have your family torn away, like, immediately. You come home to an empty house because, you know, you know, your dad is no longer there. Michael, who did he live with after his dad got deported? Uh, he basically lived on his own resources. There, He had some family in the neighborhood. Uh, he went around different places, and he's kind of been on his own resources since wow. he was a teenager, which is... Impressive, to say the least. Did you happen to ask him about Trump's, the Great Wall of Texas, uh, the Trump's plan to build a wall? Yes. His point was that he didn't believe that anyone could build such a wall. Right. But he was legitimately concerned that if Trump or some of the other Republicans were elected, that there would be a real mass exodus to Mexico from Texas, Arizona, Hmm. uh, and bordering states. That was sort of the feeling was legitimate fear from his constituents. Mm -hmm. And we're talking of hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people. The other thing I I learned about many activists in the uh, Mexican-American community in Texas is there's a lot of dissent among them. For example, the Latino Democrats do not speak to the Tejano Democrats, Mm -hmm. which are two different uh, Mm -hmm. political clubs, and they refuse to talk to each other because they have some kind of falling out. Hmm. So as always, there's internal dissent. There are plenty of ways to disagree with all kinds of people, even people you like, people like you. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, let's hear your song. Great. So my story is this, born in Mexico, raised in the United States. Undocumented. I grew up in South Oak Cliff, which is uh, the poor part of Dallas. Moved around a lot to a lot of places. Separated from my mother for 21 years. She stayed in Mexico to be a nurse, while my dad stayed here to be an undocumented worker. When I was 13, dad got deported. 
you come home to an empty house. He's no longer there. He's no longer there. But each time I come back to Dallas, I come back to Oak Cliff, and I move to a better side. I was making pretty good money, so what I did was I found the most expensive apartment in Oak Cliff, and I took it. It was nice, but from time to time you'd hear gunshots and go, uh, yes, it's still Oak Cliff. At the age of 18, I got my first job. At 20, I got fired at age 22. Same thing, I got fired again, cause my documents didn't match up. I decided I was going to deport myself, cause I was tired of all of the bullshit. Like this one time, I saved $5,000 to buy a new car. I ended up spending it on getting my papers fixed by an attorney. Within three weeks, that attorney had $3,000. I never heard from him again. And eventually you get tired. But then there was this big march, and that kind of ignited the idea of like, hey, there's a lot of us. I started doing like more radical work, hunger strikes, planned arrests, until people were saying, oh, this guy's kinda crazy. I started doing small campaigns, but campaigns you know are flawed by design. The people are just a means to an end when a politician says, I want to get out the Latino vote. They just want us to vote for them. And I've sold myself to the highest bidder before, but now I'm like, to hell with that shit. I'm going back to my roots. If Trump wins, I see like Gestapo-style raids, crazy stuff. Maybe people who don't give a shit who the president is will wake the hell up. Like I say, if you're under attack, you can either run or fight. Oh. Arizona, my mentor called and said, do you want to fight the sheriff in Arizona? And I was like, I have to go to school. And he was like, to hell with school. And I was like, hell yeah. We did all kinds of crazy things against him, sabotaged his events with, you know, with a political theater. We took live chickens into his office. But oh, Arizona was, it was scary. I wouldn't drive in Arizona. I would be so scared. They can pull you over. Scariest thing, we were canvassing. They pulled us over. I'm not driving. The other guy next to me is driving. They asked for his license and registration. Then the cop asks me for the same. I'm like, I'm not driving. I'm from Texas. And he's like, yeah, but we still need your license and registration. And I'm undocumented. Have my Mexican passport, which is something you're never gonna show a policeman. And luckily in my wallet, I had a Sam's card. And so that's what I showed him. I showed him my Sam's card and it had my picture. The picture was blurry and he took it and said, okay, yeah. If you buy in bulk, you must be American. You must be American. Oh, Michael, that's so great. I, I like that there's some levity at the end of that story. I think if you're undocumented in Arizona, you have to keep a sense of levity or you will die. Yeah. So uh, he, that was the most fun part of, of uh, getting to know him was uh, his 
his sense of humor, uh, given all that he's been through. Yeah. So now you're in Colorado. Yep. Um, and then I'm going to, uh, let's see, Missouri, as my father would uh, right. pronounce it, California, Oregon, and then at the end, I'm going to do Pennsylvania and Ohio for the conventions, because it's sure looking like the Cleveland Convention might actually be something. Yeah. Well, it is a delight talking to you. Uh, good as luck with Colorado. always a delight talking to you, too. Thanks. <laughs> I will keep you posted about Colorado. Great. Take care. Bye. Bye. That's Michael Friedman. His song, Undocumented, is taken verbatim from an interview with a man named Ramiro in Dallas. He spoke with the New Yorker Sarah Larson, and we'll hear from him again in a few weeks. Since WNYC's first broadcast in 1924, we've been dedicated to creating the kind of content we know the world needs. In addition to this award-winning reporting, your sponsorship also supports inspiring storytelling and extraordinary music that is free and accessible to all. To get in touch and find out more, visit sponsorship.wnyc.org.